Oh my God, I haven't done a podcast on filter coffee, which is my speciality, my focus. Hi, I'm Jonathan and this is the Melbourne Coffee Culture Podcast. I guess it was 2011 and Matt Perger had just become the Australian barista champion. Twitter was very popular in the coffee community and I remember congratulating him on Twitter, not knowing who he was. <laughs> and um, I believe he also won the World Filter Coffee Championship known as the Brewers Cup. Pretty awesome. And um, at the time he was working for St. Ali and I was trying to work my way up into a specialty cafe. And like many baristas, I started off working in really crappy venues that had no idea about coffee. And I don't know if you know that tension where you want to make the coffee taste better, but the owner or the manager or even the customers don't really know a good coffee. So I moved around and uh, I was very lucky to get a job at, at St. Ali um, and uh, worked behind the bar there. And and we used, at the time, uh, they were using the Melconic uh, EK43 grinder, which no one else in Australia really had at the time. Um, and very few cafes, uh, although Melbourne was already excited about third wave coffee, very few cafes were selling much filter coffee. Um, on a Saturday, we were doing maybe 30, 50 filter coffees. Um, I don't know how much they were. <laughs> maybe they were $7 each or something. Um, and so many Saturday shifts, I would be uh, brewing a lot of filter coffees and our head barista would be very strict about about measurements and ratios. And I remember having to do tests and qualifications and and um you know exams you know to to test my competency and i really really learned a lot about filter coffee and and began to love filter coffee um like many people i started with an aeropress at home um moved on to a pour over and just fell in love with the hario gear and philosophy and today I just wanted to cover some of the main um, filter coffee methods that there are out there. So I'm going to just talk about filter coffee for this episode and uh, then we're going to switch out to a cafe called Blondie in Fitzroy that I probably always talk about because that's probably the best coffee in the world at the moment, um, if, if not in Melbourne. Um, not necessarily the best beans in the world, but the attention to detail is incredible um, and uh, never get a bad coffee there and that's something that I probably can't say but I'm saying it. Um, they have great batch brew there. So this episode I'm going to talk about filter coffee and then going to switch to Blondie Cafe where I have a quick chat with all of the great sounds of cafe culture um, so you're going to have to really lean over the table 
and listen in to the conversation about Batch Brew. I recently wrote a Medium post about Batch Brew, and you can search for that. Uh, it may be on my website or Twitter as well, Jonathan Scholler. And um, basically, I just wanted to talk through some of the main methods for brewing coffee, uh, filter coffee. So as opposed to espresso, which is, you know, ultra-fine coffee, you know, under high pressure, being pushed through a metal filter. Filter coffee generally uses gravity and a paper filter. However, there are some exceptions to that. And so let's just talk about some basic different methods of making coffee with a paper and gravity. So filter coffee is using a uh, drip method of brewing. And so basically we're pouring hot water over really coarsely ground coffee. Uh, you may have heard of a Chemex or a, a V60 or a Kalita Wave, and these are all uh, forms of pour over. So pour over is describing a drip coffee or filter coffee brewing method where you're just literally pouring hot water over the bed of coffee. There's a great recipe which I tend to use and it's one part coffee to 16 parts, sorry, yes, one part coffee to 16 parts water. So 10 grams of coffee, 16, sorry, 160 grams of water, 12 grams of coffee, 200 grams of water. And we basically break that down. I would love to tell you about extraction and why you should use boiling water and how to agitate the coffee, but that's going to be taking too long for this podcast. So I'm going to recommend you just go to YouTube and type in Scott Rao pour over or Matt Perger pour over or Barista Hustle pour over and just watch some of those videos. There's great resources out there. Uh, then you have immersion brewing. So immersion is uh, like a reverse aeropress or a plunger, uh, to some extent arguably a siphon. So it's basically when you're submerging the coffee grinds in water to get a lot of the extraction uh, that you're going to get from the brewing method. And so with a reverse aeropress or a French press, uh, you're going to just be submerging the coffee and then separating the water from the coffee. So the aeropress, you do that by then turning it around again and purging. Uh, with the French press, you're uh, pushing down the metal or paper filter and then pouring and separating the water. So really interesting is that with uh, the immersion method, the longer the contact time with the water, the longer the brew time, the, the stronger the coffee's going to get. Um, and uh, obviously to a certain point. Um, other than those two brew methods, uh, as I said, siphon is a little bit different because you're sort of agitating the coffee under boiling water and then allowing like a vacuum to um, to separate the 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 water from the coffee and the paper filter. Uh, batch brew is an automatic um, brew of multiple cups of coffee, so that's the batch. 
So a batch brew might be three cups or 10 cups or one liter or three liters or 10 liters. And uh, you might hear of brands such as Mocha Master and Baymore Brazen for home, uh, Bonavita, um, Breville make home batch brewers. You may have heard of Fetco or Bun or Marco Brewers and there are a whole bunch of new technologies out there uh, under the commercial type of batch brewers. But basically you're programming a kettle to punch out a certain amount of water in a certain amount of time and you can do batches of coffee. And that's where I was really encouraged listening to the Coffee Awesome podcast uh, which is coffeeawesomepodcast.net, I believe. Um, and they were interviewing Matt Perger, who I mentioned earlier, who said that batch brew is far superior, far superior to any other brewing method uh, if it's done well. And I think some of the, the problems with batch brew, as mentioned uh, in this later recording that I'm going to play now, is uh, not using enough coffee to create a deep enough bed of coffee. But it's certainly another problem with batch brew in the marketplace is the cleanliness of the thermos. So you're going to be brewing into a thermos or a jug or a carafe, and it's really, really, really critical that it's crystal clean. And the only way to really clean a carafe is to soak it in caffetto, which is um, a cleaning chemical for espresso machines, and then to uh, put a steam wand into the... Don't do this at home, kids. But, yeah, is to actually boil that, uh, that chemical inside of it for a few minutes and then to rinse it out. So um, I've done that by using a steam wand, and just steaming the inside of it as well. So that's very effective. And it's really important that you do preheat the thermos with boiling water so that when you brew the coffee into the thermos, I think a lot of cafes don't do this because I find that batch brews almost always lukewarm when I buy one out. Um, but if you put boiling water into the thermos and then immediately tip it out and brew straight into it, um, you're going to find that you're going to have a much hotter, much fresher tasting batch brew for a lot longer. Thanks for listening and uh, enjoy this Blondie Cafe conversation about batch brew. If you're wanting more detail, do Google the batch brew uh, article on Medium. So, batch brewers just brewing multiple cups of coffee at a time, so any high volume of coffee, which, if automated, is arguably better than a person doing it, so there's less human error. I, I, the problem with pour-overs in a cafe environment is they take forever to make. Yeah, way too long. And there's wastage, um, you know, there's mess, and the barista should be doing something that makes more money. <laughs> um, a mocha master is a home machine. They, um, you can't adjust the water temperature. You can't really adjust um, the number anything. of anything. So, yeah, it's, if you're putting a 
40, 50, 60 dollar a kilo coffee through at Mokamasi, you just, you're only getting 12 dollars worth. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Um, you're saying before about the bed, the coffee bed's got to be a certain Yeah, yeah you need, for batch brew, you need, um, you need three to five centimetres of coffee to really make sure you're getting the full extraction. Like a, a lot of places will just put, like if you're only brewing one litre of coffee, then you might only be putting 40 or 50 grams of coffee in the bottom, so it's not not really enough coffee like to get a good batch. And so often people will grind fine enough to try and get more body, and then you just end up... Um, you know, over extracting some particles and under extracting others. So, the good thing about the bun and the fetcos is you can program multiple bursts of water. Also, the the spread of water, you know, tends to cover the whole bed of coffee. Um, you can extend the brew time to ten minutes or six minutes if you want. So you can actually customize each coffee, you know, so you get a better result. Like if I was at home, I'd definitely just go with the pour over. What's the price? Like, how's, what's that curve look like? Like, your mock master's starting at 300 and Fitco's, what, like 13 yeah. or 1800 for a Fitco? Yeah, the Baymore Brazen is my preferred home machine. They're like 200 bucks. They're brilliant. Um, you can actually change quite a lot of settings on that. Um, then, yeah, then the mock masters are expensive. Um, the problem also with the mock masters and the Brazens and the home machines is that the thermos isn't really that well insulated like it's not really designed it's not really designed to keep coffee hot for a long time whereas those the marco brewers and the fetco brewers and the bun brewers tend to come with bigger air pots that are just stronger and more insulated so the coffee stays hot for longer um the other thing is you want to brew you want to fill the thermos so if you're brewing one litre into a two litre thermos, you're going to have too much air and it'll cool down and go bad quicker. So, like, the ideal is to fill a two litre thermos to the top, like brew two litres at a time. That way, you, two litres is probably the, the volume of water and to, to really get a good batch of batch brew, like three litres, two to three litres. That's what we do, three litres. Is there... Um the Fitco machines, are they plumbed? Yeah, they're plumbed in. All you need is water and 20 amp power. Um, same with the buns, I think. You need 28 amp power and water. Um, with the Mokamasas and the Brazens, you, can, you don't need to plumb them in. You just fill them up each time and you can just plug them into a normal power point. Um, some people say the old buns and the old Fedcos are better because they recently changed the shower screen, so to speak, and they changed it to an umbrella, so it sort of sprays water everywhere, whereas before it used to be more like a, just holes, it just yeah, used like to have holes, screen. yeah. So, um... So how is, uh, how do you go from like a pour over recipe up to a vegetable recipe, how do you... Like you don't just put four times more coffee in four times more water and um, like how do you... I think the ratio and the grind size should stay about the same, pretty much. Like if you can do a good pour over and then just increase the numbers, like extrapolate the numbers. So if you're doing a 200 gram pour over with 12 grams of coffee, then you're probably doing a 
three litre batch brew with 180 grams of coffee, so you just... It's still the same ratio, roughly. The thing to play around with is like the pre-wet, like, you know, the pre-wet and the pulses, so the pulses is like, with a pour over you might pour 50 grams of water and then wait and then pour another 50 and then wait, so that's sort of like a pulse. So I don't think you can program the volume of the pulses, but you can divide the, the, the full brew by the number of pulses. So if you've got three litres and you're doing 10 pulses, then it's going to be what, roughly 300 grams each time. Um, and you can also delay the pulses so and end up having a longer brew. So if you wanted more body and you had an espresso roast, maybe you'd go grind a little bit coarser and have more pulses to get more um, agitation, so to speak, for a heavier body coffee. Whereas if you had a lighter roast coffee, maybe you'd have less pulses. Um, yeah, so... What's your typical pre-wet time? Uh, like 30 seconds, same as a pour-over, pretty much. Um, just enough to win all her. Yeah, I haven't noticed a big difference in pre-wet. Like, you can set pre-wet to 0%, 4%, 15% of the total brew weight. Um, but I haven't really found much difference. I, I think I have no pre-wet at the moment on my default. Um, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cafe down in uh, the peninsula in Macrae. Yeah. And they do 